us all here. We are all back, all here in our separate areas of the steam tunnels. Welcome back. It is I, Josh, the Birdman, welcoming you back to another Council of the Benevolent Steam Gentlemen. I'm joined here again by Rashawn, the Three of Clubs. How you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you? Good. I hear you're away in another secret hideaway. We won't give away your location, but hope you're enjoying yourself. I hear you're pouring yourself a nice drink there. That's on me. That's offered. That's all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm telling you, now that you're here, I'm betting on 18. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to bet on 18 every goddamn time next time. Yeah, let's hope we're playing blackjack or else you're fucked. Uh, there's that, but now that now that I found out that's the case, when we're all vaccinated, we get to go out and hit the casinos again. Not that I ever really did that before, but still. <laughs> it's a thing to do. 18, getting that in every time. And you hear the voice of the magnificent star child there. Gregory, how you doing today? Feeling all right, ready to stand and deliver. I'm excited oh. about this topic. Mm, what am I going to do about these kids? Right. Kids. <laughs> these kids. He has a, Greg just got his hair cut, so he thinks he has the Edward James almost uh, comb over going on there, so, but. Edward James almost, I'm proud of that. Oh, someone got a haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, they, no. the, the place I go to opened up again, so I was oh, like, yeah. right. The barbershop opened. You try to sneak down me like, I'm the, like I don't have hair envy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's Come real. on. All, on, all, all five of my brothers are all bald. Yeah, I talk shit. Yeah. I fuck with them day and night. I'm about to say, I was about you, to say you must be peacocking. Yeah, totally. I fuck with them day and night. Greg walks. Greg walks in the room. Is like, let me just take this pick out of my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, you know man. how it is. <laughs> just got back from the barber shop. Oh, absolutely. As you I'm should proud be. Of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, welcome back to it. I am Josh, as I said, the Birdman, the man who, when he first heard the term Netflix and chill, just assumed it meant falling asleep in front of the computer like I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you newfangled kids with your with your expressions. So we are reconvening today. We had an idea here where actually uh, Brother Gregory had an idea, so I'm going to let him kind of intro us to it and, and set the agenda for the subject today. Um, you know, we spend our entire lives looking for meaning, and we should stop. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it, it's a existence for the sake of existing, and um, that means that we do have to, in one way or another, one day or another, uh, grapple with the specter of death. We call it our thirties, and so I thought that we should just take an opportunity to look at death in the movies you know what i mean like death that might have hit you a certain way death might that a death in the movies that might have make you thought you know what i can handle that or maybe it was something that made you laugh at death because sometimes the only way to look at it is to laugh at the shit and that helps you deal with it um either way or maybe just a death that really touched you you know what i'm saying like really hit you in your personals you didn't think it was going to hit you the way it did but it ended up hitting you. Like I thought this, it would be a good topic, especially all three of us being, you know, different levels of cinephile. It would be a, a good one to see which, which movie deaths uh, uh, left a mark on you for any reason. Let's talk about death, baby. Mm-hmm. 
talk about you and me. I love it. I dig it on the subject. It's certainly there. I like how you start us off on such a such a true note. (laughs) (laughs) Man search for meaning and there is none. And stopped. (laughs) And stopped. Just 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 stop, as I say. Stop. All the time. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? All right, you found meaning. So what? By the way, uh, in case anyone is wondering, Greg is available for motivational speaking engagements. So. <laughs> I do kids' parties. He does that too. No, he's great. It's, I it's do kids' guy. parties. No, uh, kids no. Gather, gather around kids. What are you, seven, eight? Cool. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me help you grapple with mortality. <laughs> Bingo. I'm sorry, I, I have to hop in, but Greg totally just interrupted our birthday party of a podcast as the clown who comes in who looks good, but then sits down immediately, cracks a cigarette, and opens up a bottle of like bourbon. It's like, kids, let me go ahead and tell you about divorce. <laughs> you think it's all funny. What it's like. And one day you come home, you find her in bed with another clown. <laughs> today, today you're talking to. Hold on, this is funny. You, you got go step like parents. Then you're gonna talk to some lawyer for two fifty an hour. All they gotta tell you is like, oh my god. <laughs> Yo, if you got step parents, that's more presents. That's all I'm saying. You get two sets of parties. You get two sets of presents. I mean, it's a win-win, kids. So if anything, hope your parents don't work it out. There you go. You actually You're encourage welcome. your parents to get divorced. You're welcome. All right, Greg. Set us on up. Tell us that. Tell us about the, the first oh, death that you find meaningful. I, I decided to pick one that we kind of touched on last time we talked. Uh, Katie McGrath and Jurassic World. I knew I go with it. I to go with it. I'm going to start with a funny one. I'm going to start with a funny death. You know, because, I mean, they set her up as, like, the perfect pissy little assistant Karen. And she's just bitching at these two kids through, like, the entire beginning of she's the really movie. Not so, bad. I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, but you know, <laughs> we're talking about deaths. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so after, like, an hour, you're just, like, done with her life. Like, all she does is talk about herself and her life and bitch at these kids. And, you know, everybody knows some damn Karen like this. So you're just dying to see her buy it. So while the panic is happening and like all the dinosaurs are getting out, I don't know any of the names of dinosaurs. All right. I'm not Ross from Friends. Like, I'm just going to say dinosaurs. And she's like bitching at the two kids. She gets snatched up by this one flying dinosaur. Right. And then she gets like passed around from one dinosaur mouth to the other dinosaur mouth. And then they drop her in the water. And then from there, she gets flung around by these other flying dinosaurs that are, like, dive bombing all around her. And then one of them pulls her up just in time for this giant, like, not megalodon, but like a megalodon, to, like, jump up and swallow them both whole. It's not, like, really gruesome. Like, there's no blood. But it is pretty fucking traumatizing. Like, she gets wrecked. (laughs) (laughs) This entire thing and she is like screaming and clawing for her life and you could just like see her like in a split second before the giant dino closes his mouth you see her like trying to claw out at the last (laughs) minute before he closes his mouth it's just like shrill and hilarious (laughs) 
because you know because I thought about it you know so I mean I understand we don't want to be the middle-aged sexist bro podcast there's enough of those going on right now for sure um, but you know but you know so you know just to be clear everyone that went to this park deserved to die a horrible death <laughs> I mean everyone all right in this universe this incident with these reanimated dinosaurs has already happened like four times. Once at another proposed amusement park. Okay, you don't go. It's ripped dozens of people in half. You don't go. It's the same reason you don't go on a yoga retreat to Chernobyl because you're gonna die. So you don't go in an amusement park with hulking giant fucking monsters that will rip you to shreds. You know, and I, I kind of have something personal against these movies and all of them, because you remember when we said, like, you know, there was really only one Terminator movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there was only really one Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sense of wonder that you got in that first super Spielbergian Jurassic Park never happened again. So now they're just turning them into cheesy movie monsters. Cheesy movie monsters kill the bitchy girl. It's how it had to go down. Uh, but I yeah. do, but Rashawn was right. There are articles and petitions about <laughs> how mean <laughs> and somewhat sexist it was for uh, them to give her such a gruesome death in this movie. I think her and the seniors on the retreat all had it coming. You know, the funny thing is uh, that death and a few others, I actually saw in the movie theater. I'm willing to bet you guys did too, but I can share my experience of that moment. When that happened in the movie theater, it was a packed movie theater. Everyone basically had this sort of outward expression of why. Just like, why? Why did she have to go through all that? Why did you just kill her? Why? Like, no one really said much. It was just kind of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, you can obviously imagine I was laughing my ass off when this happened. Like, I yeah, was, there was like forty oh, people yeah. that died before this person. No one even bad an eye. Everyone's like, to Greg's point, it's like, yeah, you're on an island of a bunch of reanimated, you know, monsters. They're gonna eat you. But this They're one, everyone's just like, seriously, what the fuck was that? Like, why did you have to kill her fourteen different times? You could have just been done with it. It was wow, like man. it was. It was the the scene of what's his name in Austin Powers where he's like, Dad, why don't you just go get a gun? We'll shoot him in the head. Pow, right. done. It was like everyone was kind of like on that side. In <laughs> but the movie it was basically Dr. Evil like, no, we have to get sharks with lasers. That's <laughs> the sharks with the lasers, people. You just don't get it, Scott. I and it was and actually, they uh, one of the articles I read actually pointed out one of the reasons they made it so epic and over the top was because it was the first female death in a Jurassic Park movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the reasons that they kind of made it over the top. Because you got to remember, in, this movie, in movies like this, more gory means they like it more. Right, it's the fourth in the series. Exactly. If you just like die off screen, then they really didn't give a shit about you. But if they give you a great glorious death with like, think about all the CGI it took to off this bitch. Like a lot. That was a lot of money. Right, yeah. Like they put a lot of production into killing her. I think that's respect. 
That's a lot of money. Maybe that, oh. that was part of that. That was part of the plot was BD Wong coming back from the very first one, which was just, you know, shout out to BD Wong, by the way. Just give that man some credit. That man has been around and been doing some stuff for a long time. Member of the oh, he was the yeah, he, yeah. He's the geneticist, and he's mm-hmm. a geneticist and it with like two lines in the first one, and they bring him back to like actually have a part in this in, in that in that one. Yeah, I don't but, I, I mean seen... that was kind of my feeling though. Like if you're gonna go one hundred percent cheese, bring back Samuel L. Jackson. Well, yeah, absolutely. But Ooh. You know, Ooh. don't don't tell me you need a reason and don't tell me you need it to make sense. Because look right. at the rest of this fucking movie. All right. Just bring, just find a reason to bring back Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, Jackson. Well, you know, Don't care. Samuel L. Jackson and the L stands for motherfucker. They did him so dirty in the first one. I'm sorry. I just can't keep it down. They did him so dirty. Hold oh, on yeah. to your butts. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> well, with that then, I don't know, Rashawn, have I given you the, the jumping off point for, for your first uh, visit to the to the hereafter in our list? Yeah, I just I just went blank. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll go. I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Harry and Marv from Home Alone because they died in every single one of those fucking planes. <laughs> every single one of them killed them. Everyone. They're dead after the first one. Uh, I, I'm done with my time. I, I I'm, I'm good. Clearly, <laughs> hit the little hammer in, in the court, uh, whatever that's called, because that's my case. I'm I'm done. Literally, come on now. You had a, a paint can swinging down from like a full fort uh, story. Hit dude in the face, and he falls a couple of more like steps, and he lives. No, they're all dead. Oh, and they're, they're not young dead. either. Now, Home Alone, Home Alone is literally a Ghostbusters uh, sequel. Just no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> a violent Ghostbusters sequel, but yes, extremely. <laughs> He killed them, and like every single one of those pranks, absolutely killed them. They are dead. I mm. mean, the most obvious being the blowtorch. Oh yeah, that was that was you know beyond deadly, but yeah. And it wasn't that a brick to the face. Yes, so. yeah, it was a brick to the face. All right, but because uh, I have a lie, I'll get my sentimental ones out. The way and these are the only ones I can remember. And again, I'm sorry for the fictional people who do not exist um, that I left you out. If I did, I have to start with the top one and the one that hurts the most. It's Ricky from Boys in Hood. He was gonna, oh, he was gonna yeah. have a scholarship. He was gonna yeah. make it. He was, he was gonna go pro. Um, yeah. That shotgun, damn. Um, Artemis Prime and Transformers the movie. Was not prepared for that. I am here to see a damn Transformers movie and to kill my man right in the beginning. Holy shit. And then when I go home and check out the G.I. Joe movie, they hit me with Duke. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> How come I can't have any heroes? Wait, did Duke die in? Duke dies in the original cut of the G.I. Joe movie, but they had to change oh. it because way too many kids got fucked up like me. Um, <laughs> then the second one, they killed him. They killed him in the second one. Yeah, but then they, they brought him back anyway. Um, All right. I mean, let's just put it this way. You were a little too old for Bambi's mom. But yeah. then when Mufasa bought it, you were definitely too old. That death of a child. My allergies are acting up. Right? <laughs> Come on, man. I just ate a hot pepper. And for people, yeah, my age, my generation, obviously, that were into it at the time, 
Optimus Prime, but not just Optimus Prime, but Transformers the movie. All right, because I was- You cried when Mufasa died the first time. I will not take that bullshit. You cried. We all cried. We all did. Two out of the three of us are admitting it, Greg. Come on. This is a safe place. I didn't cry. I was just wondering if I could really sit through more of, you know, cartoon Hamlet. Courage, just, courage is admitting I didn't know you about have fear. That is what courage is. Mm. <laughs> Greg, Greg does have a certain kind of cynicism that the fact yeah, that I was like, look at it, look at it, whatever, however old we were. We were probably like right. 12, 13 when that movie came out. Which one? Yeah. The Lion King. James Earl Jones, man. Or maybe like 15, 16. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, well, we were yeah, older teens. We're 16, a little bit older teens. So, yeah. yeah. But the fact that you're looking at it, truthfully saying, this is Cartoon Hamlet. Ooh, this is Cartoon Hamlet. All right. So, uh, but wait. Hamlet, so, but yeah. Cartoon Hamlet didn't do it for you, but Hasbro killing off one of their toys so they could make more toys was doing it for you. I just want to get Absolutely. This- for me, for me, absolutely. Megatron was Stalin. Optimus Prime was Castro. You know, like for me, it was honestly that kind of Cold War embedded conflict in my mind. And it was obvious. I got to I got to stop. I got to stop because I got to ask you this because this goes to a long personal question between you and I. So then was Jazz or Starscream Che Guevara? I'm just like, who's Che in this little scenario? Because I got I mean, Che Guevara would actually be Shockwave. <laughs> Right, I feel like it would actually be shockwave, but you know. Oh the, the my good, God! The good I'm now demanding that was further that you, away than he should have been. I'm now demanding that you draw us a picture of shockwave with the Che Guevara, you know, goatee <laughs> and the fucking and the, the beret. Like that's gotta, you know, which is, we gotta. We gotta which is gonna be that. tough, but yeah. Oh my God! So um, yeah, keep going. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah. The, the, I'm looking forward to this movie. It's one of the few, you know, movies that, you know, your parents are going to take you to. Like, it was a big deal then. And so I'm sitting down. I'm all ready to watch this movie I've been waiting so long for. And the first, like, 12 minutes of the movie is just all of these beloved characters getting offed. Like, just one after the other. They're just getting murdered. They used to get shot with a laser in the arm. A little smoke would come out, but they'd be fine. Now they're fucking dead. Every one of them are just dying. So I'm sitting there fucking horrified already. You feel me? Like, it is hard watching all of my favorite characters just get murdered left and right. And then we finally get to the fight with Megatron and Optimus Prime. And again, I'm wondering what universe is this because actions matter this much. And now I'm actually worried about fucking Optimus Prime. PG-13 is a bitch. And so now, so now it's like Optimus Prime, you know, he moves his head, he says his last words, he just goes black. And I'm like, fuck you. The fuck just happened? You just murdered all of season one in the first 15 i think it's like the first 15 minutes of the movie oh. so for, for the longest time i had a hard time because all my friends loved it but i was like the fuck? it was just like the first time i heard the story of noah you know everybody else thought it was a great story i was like this is fucked up material <laughs> the, the jewish kid agrees with you yeah. okay and honestly same thing with uh, uh transformers the movie everybody else was so in love with it 
and I just couldn't feel it. And that's honestly the pattern of my life. You know, the Star Wars movies, <laughs> you know, like every, everybody's like, yay. And I'm like, no. I just wanted to tell the listeners that, you know, when I started this, I, you know, thought this was a great way to spend some time with friends, especially during the pandemic. Uh, but I never realized how much I was going to learn about, you know, my most, my most cynical friend getting a case of PTSD from Transformers, the movie, the original one, kids. It starts there. <laughs> it starts there. It starts that's, there. That's truly impressive. I mean, yeah. that, 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 that you, that hardened your heart enough so that you just shrugged off Moose oh, yeah. Mustafa. Like, I have been, I have been a cold-hearted critic ever since. Nah, you were just like, you were just like, whatever. Mustafa's just another African dictator. All right, fuck right. it, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right just another one waiting to take his place. Right. He doesn't want to hear shit about Fareed. I mean, fucking, you know, like he was gonna save somebody. Like, no, it wasn't gonna happen. What's me? Was evil. Just like L- listen, Moose. Mustafa was a king in the same way T'Challa was, all right? Like, let's let's get a couple of things correct. And not every African kingdom is the same. Thank you very much. Secondly, the funny part is, I was the connection on this one is I was five and I went to go see Transformers movie with my brother, who at the time, seven years older than me, was 12. Don't do the math. We're we're, <laughs> off, like, on eh, eh, we're eh. off on six months. He's he's seven years older than me. Believe me. Okay. I, I all right. All right. I'm with you. I'm when with it you. happened, it had. Trust me. I got His you. birthday hadn't happened yet. All right. Okay. okay I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I just ruined like the seven people that download us. But anyway, <laughs> my brother, similar to Greg, would watch horror movie after horror movie. People just getting hacked left and right. Didn't matter if you thought I was a good guy. Didn't matter whatever. Done. Killed. Like, other, one of the people I wanted to put on my list was almost like three or four Michael Bean characters. Because every time he shows up in a movie that I like, he's dead. No problem. At least he's three. Three mm-hmm. movies I can call off the top of my head where a dude shows up. It's like, yeah, it's my man. And guess what? He's dead. Dead, yeah. dead, dead. Every yeah, single time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But my brother... He would sit there, watch these movies, have no emotional effect whatsoever. So we go see Transformers. Now, mind you, he and I used to fight for the TV all the time. And most of the time, it was during times when, like, Transformers was on. So I'm like, all right, whatever. This is cool. He wants to go see it with me. Let's go. So we went. Fucking Optimus Prime dies. I'm in shock. I don't even know how to handle it. Like, I, similar to Greg, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's like seven different characters that just died. And now you killed Optimus Prime. What is going on here? But I hear sniffling. I look over because there's like seven people in the fucking movie theater because we caught a matinee. Um, I look over. My brother's weeping. Absolutely just can't Whoa. hold it back. He's like, he's in, he's in trouble. So we make it through the movie. And the only other time I've ever seen my man cry was another one on my list. And if you want to talk topical, it's Rayo Rahim and um, Do the Right Thing. Um, yeah. Same thing. I'm sitting there watching. I've, we've watched the movie probably about two or three times by that point. Uh, actually, probably around 10 because it was one of the few VHSs we had. But I remember, you know, Rayo Rahim gets choked uh, out by the police, dies yep. because of that murder tactic. And I yep. hear sniffling. I look over. Same thing. The same man who will watch horror movie after horror movie. He doesn't right. seem like a hundred teenagers get killed in the middle of sex with all the fucking horror movies he watched from the eighties and early nineties. But nothing 
at all, but Rayo Raheem does, and he is uncontrollably weeping, which is another reason why it's on my list. So it's two. It had a lot to do with the fact that the person who, if y'all think Greg, if y'all think Star Child is like heartless when it comes to these kind of things, you should meet my brother. Believe me, we make him an emotional, <laughs> weeping individual. My brother has zero emotion in those two times, weeping like a freaking baby. So, Ray Rahim, though, I mean, that's that's on your list. I mean, yeah. and it just, well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it does, of course, like, it's in pot right now. How can we be living in this time, this place? I'm not trying to get too specific with dates since we usually record a little ways out, you know, but... Uh, also, you know, spoiler alert, they just sent a cop to jail who absolutely deserved to go to jail. Couple, You know, <laughs> by the time you hear this, thankfully, you know, let's hope he stays there. But yeah, how, you know, Fuck how could guy. it not be? Yeah. How could it not be topical? How could it not be? Indeed. Because fuck that guy. Yeah. How could it not be topical, right? Well, to, I'll to hop watch. in real fast on that. It's, it's topical because here's the thing. When Do The Right Thing came out, Spike Lee wasn't saying anything new to a lot of different people. The problem was a lot of people continued to ignore him. A lot of people continued to think that it was theatrics or drama, or he was just ginning things up to because he was Spike Lee and he was already agitated. A lot of people just immediately just pushed it to the side, whereas many families that look like Greg and mine, we knew that stuff was already happening. So when we saw that, it wasn't so much a shock value of, oh my God, the cops killed a black guy. That was already known. It was more like, damn, that's Rayo Rahim. He was one of the awesome characters. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they, when my family first, uh, interestingly enough, we watched that as a family. Yeah, and me too. There were like 10 of us in a room uh, watching that movie because, you know, everybody had heard about it. And it's one of the few movies I ever saw my father actually sit through. And hmm. you watch it. And Rosie like, Perez they, is a little hard with your parents. Just What's up? point that out. The ice cube yeah. and the Rosie Perez part, a little hard when your parents are in the room. No, my parents no, didn't care about that shit. No, I'm saying for me. Yeah, no, yeah. for the kid, not for the parents. Yeah. All right, so like, yeah. see that? That's how we made you. Caribbean parents. Yeah, yeah, no, the parents knew what they were looking at. Yeah. Me, I was kind of like, I would like to enjoy this on my own. Thank you. It's like time, time. I don't want to think about that. It's awkward. <laughs> it's definitely awkward. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we watched it together as a family. And um, when it got to that part, it wasn't shock like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. It was shock like, oh, shit, they went there. Okay. Like, yeah. that was that was real. Like, that was honest. And yes. the question and the thing that they really, you know, hit specifically, and it's one of the reasons I always bring that movie up anytime somebody wants to talk about how Boston's racist. You know, it's like <laughs> when you couldn't run away from the fact that that was the real story. And he threw it in. It was magnificent. Now, and it was, it was, well, on a, you know, a slight aside that, and, and forgive me for even bringing it up, but it only is because uh, uh, Spike Lee spoke at my graduation uh, at Emerson. So got to, nice. got to meet him, shake his hand. That, that is, it was fun. Uh, I mean, I can only imagine him looking out over that crowd. And I even knew it then and uh, being woke wasn't a thing. And I was not woke, <laughs> just to be honest with you here. It wasn't a thing, and I wasn't there yet. Not by a fucking long shot, okay? Somehow, you know, still managing to go up through, through, uh, through the, the Rodney King riots and everything. There was still something that wasn't 
you know, getting through the old ears here. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time. It takes some understanding. It takes getting comfortable with yourself because there's, of course, a lot of guilt that comes with it. And just being able to sit with the, you know, with the conflicting image of yourself versus reality versus where you are versus what have you. Um, and he didn't talk about, like, he really kept it to the film industry, to be honest. Like his, his, his uh, talk was on, you know, I remember him talking about, you know, young, young people coming up to him and asking him sort of what the secret to success was and the time it takes the stop, li- stoplight to change. Uh, that always <laughs> stuck with me, you know, and he just, uh, you know, and he, you know, he did kind of give the old hustle and work hard speech, really. Like he talked yeah. about eating SpaghettiOs, you know, and he talked about uh, making She's Gotta Have It. And he's like, I ate a lot of tuna and a lot of SpaghettiOs, man, <laughs> you know, because everything was totally, totally wrapped up into that. But definitely that movie was, you know, was trying to educate white America without oh, yeah. a doubt. And we didn't really do a very good job. <laughs> I can say that, you know, I can say that knowing, uh, you know, and my father who had immense issues with race, uh, you know, I remember him not taking the right message from that, right? And it was like, it was still, there's still, and you see it now, uh, still, I hope you see some some people willing to start to look at, at that movie differently, right? And to mm-hmm. look at that scene differently, that there are at least some who are starting to say, well, maybe that's not just the, you know, the outlier, you know, maybe mm-hmm. this happens a lot more. And so it's an important, you know, as, as you say, that it's, it's there to evoke that emotion, but it was really there for education, right? It was really there as like a class well, of, Hey, yep. this yeah. happens. Well, I mean, I guess I woke up on the epistemologist side of the bed today, but I, I would argue one of the best things about Spike Lee was that he was courageous enough to break away from the pattern of only telling stories in the in the vein of white guilt. Yeah. Um, yes, there was some education involved in a lot of his movies, but frankly, I would argue what he was always trying to do was tell a story where characters happen to be Black to the point of being unapologetically Black. And yeah. if you learn something, it was because you're willing to watch his movie and yeah. actually pay attention to the characters and not pigeonhole them in any one stereotype, but just let them exist in yeah. the stories that he was creating and, and let all these characters move through them. Which the funny thing is, when you look at his catalog, Spike Lee has always had like white characters in his stories to the point where it, it would kill me when people talk about like how quote unquote racist he is. Like, are you paying attention to the movies he kicks out? He's telling stories where the protagonist or the antagonist or whomever just happens to be of a certain shades, and he's not going to apologize for it. He's not going to like shift the story to make one group of uh, people feel good about it. He's just like, no, this is a story I'm going to tell, and, and this is how I want to say it. Matter of fact, one another uh, death that I wanted to put on there, but it saved only because, as I said in the beginning of this whole conversation, there's like a group that I almost feel automatically I can't put on because... It, it just it automatically hits that level of like ah oh, damn that that hurts it was like spike lee's character in, in um mo better blues mm. when he dies it was fucked up because like he, his whole character's thing was like he was like kind of like a born loser but a born hustler and that he was he was a really good friend to the point of being a brother to to denzel washington's character but at the same time so self-destructive he even knew that he was going to take his brother down with him like there's so 
main integral parts of that guy's character that just it hurt when he died, even though you knew it was inevitable. But the point I'm really getting to is like that wasn't a story about black musicians and black genre of music and blah blah blah. So you know you can get around and see the the hurt and pain of black people and feel good, you know, white savior style is more like, no, this is a story <laughs> about jazz musicians and the underbelly uh, world of some parts of music and unfortunately it was, gambling. You know, like, it was supposed it to be like, yeah, it was supposed yeah. to feel like a blues song. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Spike Lee's character died in that though. I thought he died. No, he didn't die. You remember at the end when Bleak tries to make a comeback? Oh yeah, that's right. And he's like, yo, I won't sell it, Bleak. I yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. that's why I <laughs> put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally, I'll end it with Rufio. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, let's be real. Yeah. When, when Rufio got it hooked, that shit got real, real fast. It was all a joke. It was all kind of oh, like whatever. We're throwing yeah. stones. We're getting hit with sticks. You know, someone's got a blade, but no one's really using it. And then they fucking killed Rufio. I was like, oh, shit. No, this is real. This is real. Yeah, Hook got also, real after that. It got that, real, real. Like, come on now. That's the rally cry for our generation. You yell at Rufio and, that, and a room full of people. You're going to get a couple of people like, yo, respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just that, that kind of sucked. So, you know, those wow. are just a couple Rufio. top of the head. Rufio. 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 All right, I'm going to start in on my time here now. And uh, I'm going to go to the other end. I'm just going to go straight to like, I'm going to go to the death that said that I titled, What the Fuck Did I Just Watch? Okay. That. Oh, Josh, before yeah. you uh, say that, sorry, uh, I forgot to add in my list of automatic. I don't give a fuck. You're automatically at the top of the list. Nazis, especially WW2 Nazis, but Nazis. Every single time they get it from Indiana Jones across the board, I'm like, fuck yeah, where are the fireworks? That's why I had that in there. Hells yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Nazis, I hate these guys. Nothing ever summed it up better. I mean, that's just all there is to it, right? My man, my man Harrison Ford there. But yeah, getting back into it, uh, I'm going to go back to what the fuck did I just watch? So it comes from a movie called Bone Tomahawk. Starring uh, Kurt Russell, no less mm-hmm. than we're ever, ever, ever talking about. Yeah. I don't know if you gentlemen have seen it. Hopefully you have. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good film, but it's a Western. So for Do you those, not see losing it over here? Because I know where you're going. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know. But for the, for the listeners at home, this movie started off as a Western. A typical, you know, somewhat typical Western. You have your drunken starts white. Starts off movie. gruesome. Starts off gruesome, yes. There's a couple of dead, but, you know. It's your typical Western gruesome. A couple of drunk white dudes out in the desert messing Slitting around the on throat native land. Is the first thing you see. <laughs> messing around on native land that you shouldn't be, shouldn't be. And they get hit. They get hit by arrows and, and killed. And you sort of think, all right, that's that. The, you know, the, the Native American tribe in this case then goes into town, into the local town. Well, they're chasing David Arquette. Oh, that's right. They're chasing David Arquette. Yeah. I forgot that detail. They are chasing David Arquette. They're trying to get get back at him for tra- you know transgressing and, and going on whatever sacred land they are, or just even just their home territory. Um, so, because of that, Kurt Russell, who plays the local sheriff, and in excellent Kurt Russell style, complete with big beard, appropriate bowler hat, just owning that shit the way yep. that Kurt Russell can. 
Just found yeah. out that his relative actually uh, uh, has a house up here in the street from me here in Mass. That his great grandfather that was his house or great great grandfather. And his and his son is Captain America and uh, Falcon and um, that show you oh, like. Oh, okay. We'll get back. We'll get that's to that. his son. We'll get to that. Holy crap! Um, so they, he gets it, and and it's starring the other guy. Uh, we can turn to uh, we can turn to Rashawn here as our, as the as the librarian. Um, the guy was in um, Insidious and all the the Conjuring movies is his co-star in this and they they form up a posse which is you know all right once again this is all pretty standard western shit the only thing on the way out of town is they have a local native guy you know native american there who is telling them about this particular tribe and he basically says they're inbred they're cannibals and they don't care and they just you know uh, they, they they barely even qualify we don't even really talk you know nobody talks about these people they're just you know they're hillbillies they're whatever so you got that as the kind of setup Fast forward to when the posse gets captured. <laughs> they bring this guy in and stand one dude up and proceed to pith him, actually pith him as a cow. I'm going to go back to that because they break part of his neck in the most violent and gruesome way to make sure to kill him and, and cut the brain stem quickly. They proceed to turn him upside down, drain the blood out of him, strip him down, and cut him from asshole to neck, right? As you would a cow, as you actually yeah. would a cow. So this movie here, by the way, for all my vegans listening out there, <laughs> probably what you're trying to tell us that we, you know, we're ignoring. And you're right, I do ignore that on a regular basis. But what I had to give this movie credit for, and as I said, in just the what the fuck, what am I watching? Absolutely, completely unexpected, right? I did not come in expecting to see this, even though I noticed in Amazon that it had the horror rating next to it. I said, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a Western. It's Kurt Russell. Yeah. What are they going to do? But all of a sudden, they take this hard right shift into Texas Chainsaw Massacre that you absolutely <laughs> did not see coming. Right? And that you'll never unsee. And you're just like, holy shit. But you're kind of captivated by it. And you're, you're pretty much impressed. I mean, really, when I came down to it, I was like, wow, I'm impressed, man, because yeah. I've watched a lot of hours of film. But boy, I still remember that scene. <laughs> so, yeah, they did not hold back. They no, did not hold back. No. So that just, as I said, all I could end up, all I could end up saying from that particular death when I walked away was, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Which is really actually a, a high compliment. <laughs> I've watched some great pick. Yeah. great pick. Yeah, I've watched some dumbass slasher movies. I've seen all that shit when I was a kid growing up, and it's 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 dumb. I generally avoid torture porn. I will say that you know, I, it's not my not my bag. And there's a, there's it's kind of become a thing lately. So you know, even when I'm watching horror these days, I'm not really going towards that stuff. The hostels. I, I did watch the original Saw because it was a concept. So okay, all right, they kind of they managed to just barely slice that line, pun fully intended. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. That mm-hmm. one truly, that one truly knocked me, you know, that one truly blew me away. Did not see it coming. So, all right. That gets my honorable mention for what the fuck did I just watch? What? So, yeah. Great pick. Maybe. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll create an award for that as we go along, you know, or segments as we go along in the show. So the bone uh, tomahawk, what the fuck? death? <laughs> what the fuck deaths are real? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Greg, bringing it back around after we've now after we've now trashed a Karen as we started there. What what do you got for us? I'm gonna 
I'm gonna go from she really wasn't that bad in the movie. <laughs> Her character really wasn't that bad. <laughs> Fuck that Karen. I hated that bitch. Yo, Karen's are, more like Karen's are up there with Karen. Nazis and zombies, man. And <laughs> masters. We don't care what happens to Karen. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Uh, what we got? Fuck Karen. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to go other end of the spectrum. I'm going to go to Glory. Ah. Directed that, by Edward Zick, man. Man. Yo. Yeah. It hit me. The end of Glory. Yo. You got to go to Matthew Broderick, huh? You got to go to Matthew Broderick, huh? What's up? You got to go to Matthew Broderick's I'm going to do a, a group. I'm going to say the 54th. I'm going to say the hell, 54th. Yeah, give them hell, 54th. There was that movie got me, man. That movie absolutely got me because <laughs> by the end, by, by the end of the movie, you know what I'm saying? The characters, like they've all been through their arcs. Like, you know, I was young, so like I didn't really appreciate it. But yo, they were so close, I did not think that there was a chance they were gonna die, you know, and like it was so many different people going through so many different all right you had a runaway slave you had the bougie slave you had the swamp running slave you had the white officers like they've been through so much together and it was just so honest you know what i mean for the time of hollywood like at that time i mean just to have the swamp running slave and then this the uh veteran slave if you want to call him that you know what i'm saying it was like killing you that these guys are going to have to deal with this hardship coming up soon. You know what I mean? And it was, and they were walking into battle, you know, and like they were charging. You remember they were just marching up Fort Wagner and you did not know how this was going to go. And yep. they were on the beach and you saw the armaments going off and you just did not see how this was going to go down. Right. And I, yo, I was on the edge of my seat for the entire battle, like shaking for the entire battle. Before I knew it, when the smoke cleared and they were all dead, yo, that was a sobbing, blubbering piece of shit in the kitchen by himself on that Saturday afternoon. I am telling you, I was inconsolable. Mm. You could not get me back to get, I was just like, tears running boogers all over the place i was making promises it was like i ain't gonna do no more bad shit i'm gonna emancipate the black race i'm gonna uplift black people man why white people gotta be so fucked up man why they gotta be racist all the time you know what i'm saying yeah i mean i no more pork no more white women i'm gonna join the nation like yo i can't do this shit man we gotta turn stuff around for black people you know what i'm saying i've I've kept on up on none of these fucking problems. I was watching a single one of these fucking problems. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> I'm I'm That's killing me. All right, but uh, I was, I was going to join the nation for like an hour and a half. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's like <laughs> I don't want to sell no bean pies. What are you talking about? Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I was going to uplift the black race. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, no. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I dig it. Like, today, it's probably kind of cheesy. Like, it wasn't directed by Jerry Bruckheimer, but it was kind of Bruckheimer-esque. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the booming score. I think it was James Horner. You know, he oh, did, yeah. like, all the scores at the time. 
Um, but yo, I'm gonna say like since like roots before that, you know what I mean? As far as the slave experience and milestones in black history, glory definitely did it. It's like, yo, oh my Lord, 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 Lord. Lord. <laughs> We were all singing. We were Yo, all got me. Absolutely got all, me. All singing with that. I've and never that. cried that hard in a movie. I got a little choked up once or twice, but yeah. I, I, so, I yeah, the movie was directed by Edward Swick. Z-W-I-C-K, who seems to have a penchant for the hero not making it. He also was producer for Blood Diamond and The Last Samurai. Okay. He, uh, was it James Horner that did the soundtrack? Uh, hold on. And uh, also, to answer your question, Fink, it was uh, Patrick Wilson and Bone Tomahawk. Okay, thank you for that. Now, it's good to get the information out to the people. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll interject here. Just you know, because you know, just to wade in on that. But I, yeah, excellent choice, wonderful choice. Yeah, you know? um, one Denzel the Oscar, right? So yeah, you have that. Um, the James Horner, nice call. James, nice James call. Horner? No, yeah, it definitely has that has that feel to it. Um, you know, it, it, everything. It's so it is set up so well though, right? Because Shaw goes to 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 the character to the Denzel, Denzel's character. I can't remember where he was his character name in the movie. But he offers mm-hmm. him the right to carry. Well, his name was Trip. Okay, so he yeah he offers you know he says he's you know he gives him the uh, honor of carrying the colors, of which he absolutely wants no part of, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> why would he? You know, yeah, he's literally been brought to the you know he's been born into bondage, you know the skin ripped off his back multiple times, right? Uh, and he's fighting, you know he's not as he says he's just not fighting for that flag, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it's all that, but still, you, you can see the moment coming a mile away. And yet, when he grabs that flag, you know, it says, come on! <laughs> you absolutely want, you know, you're going with him. There's no doubt in, the, there's no doubt in your mind, right? Like he's, I mean, I always had mixed feelings about that scene because it was like, oh, see, we always got to do the thing where yeah. you know, we, we let white folks know that we don't really hate them. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, we didn't need that scene, but when it when it happened, yeah. Yeah, right. you were for it. And I think that's like, I think that's a hell of a thing. Yeah. Right? I think that is shows why, like, that's where, that's why something actually becomes Oscar worthy, right? A scene you know is coming, a scene mm-hmm. is cliche as shit, that you're even yeah. kind of rolling your eyes about thinking about, but you're like, yeah, damn it, but he did it. He did <laughs> but he, it. But he totally <laughs> pulled it off, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And, gonna... it so, and it was so honest about the different kinds of uh, uh, individuals that were even like the contraband slaves. Remember the contraband army yes. yep. and the Cajun ones where they, you know, didn't even sound like they were speaking English, you know, all the way up to Snowflake, you know, like oh, man. Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter, that's Jupiter. Yeah. I remember that. My, uh... yeah, the okay. funny thing with Gloria, I always felt like, although I had, I left off the list of any historical um, people. So like Malcolm X, I had the exact same reaction at the end of Malcolm X. Greg was talking about uh, on the way home, I was all snot buggers and, and crying and swearing off all sorts of things and promising all sorts of academic endeavors. Like, 
I was struggling in Spanish that year. I was like, I'm going to go home and get fluent because that's something Malcolm X would want me to do. And, and like, literally, <laughs> not, literally did not. Did you read? Did you Spanish write out the homework. dictionary? Yeah, like I and, and like I literally did not do any Spanish homework whatsoever after that. Um, <laughs> Lasted the ride home. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I switched to French after. I'm not even sure. But, um, but to Greg's point with Glory, I remember watching, and it was weird because similar to Josh, my dad was very big in history, so stuff like that had already been talked about a lot of times, even by eight, I think, by the time I saw it. But what was effed up to me and what kind of switched the game up for me was I'm sitting there kind of similar to Greg thinking like, all right, like I know these guys die, but they're probably going to like maybe end the credits as they're going up the hill. Right. You know, make it somewhat historic or, you know, fuck it, it's movies. They're going to lie anyway. So, you know, they'll probably have someone, you know, make it, make it sort, make some sort of historic thing. And homeboy's walking up the hill and he's like, come on. He turns around and his head blows up. That's when I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, all right everyone's dead everyone's dead if they get to kill the white guy or immediately right at the top of the hill we're all dead this is all over you might as well just call it a day it was saving private ryan before they were saving private ryan basically and the only thing that had me going was my dad basically behind me with all the knowledge of knowing about like the 54th and all that like i knew they didn't really make it but you know the side one and, and it was a big uh win of a battle and all these so i had like sort of this his, historic heroic background behind but again homeboy's head blowing up right at the beginning of the battle it's like ah yep this this is over this is over right now roll credits i gotta i gotta divert us for just a second because i it's it's a legit story and we may cut it out but I have a Denzel Washington story that I got to tell, like legit. My man. I got to, yeah, which, I mean, it's, everyone's bad, right? So I, when I lived in LA, I worked at a uh, promotions house. So we made trailers and television spots for the movies that you would see. Um, and as much was the case, it, this was 98 at this point. Um, as was often the case and still is in Hollywood, um, when people get enough money, they always like to invest in a restaurant, usually with a star's name attached to it. The star does, of course, no work on the restaurant. Even the guy buying the restaurant has no name, <laughs> is not doing any work on the restaurant. They are just fronting the cash for the restaurant as the vanity product project. Excuse me. So the gentleman who ran uh, was the biggest muckety muck who always loved to let you know that, loved to run things in the in the company like he was a mobster i won't say his name but he invested in a restaurant with denzel washington so one day i get a call doing my job and and this is like i say it's 98 and we have six avids six or eight avids in the house so all these things run 50 to you know probably 100 g's a piece at the time um and we uh, get told that uh, the, that one of the assistant editors is going to be pulled off on a project for a day, and I'm going to be pulled off on a project for a day. And we show up and we go down, and there's a young there's a young boy. He's probably about ten or twelve, and standing next to him is Denzel Washington. Oh, Denzel Washington is his dad, of course. So he knows the owner of this company, and his son has made a film for school, right? Oh which is just, you know, pretty righteous. So for the day, we were his son's editors on his school project. What made nothing better, though, 
was when, of course, we sat down to edit this film. He has all of his friends in the movie, of course, as 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 one does, as a kid well, does. He did, yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, Denzel fucking Washington walks into the middle of the scene. <laughs> and it's like taking all my power and I grab him and be like, you got Denzel in your movie. Right. <laughs> it's officially Oscar worthy now. It's, Holy shit, you got Denzel in this. <laughs> is all I wanted to say the entire time. And it's of course his dad, right? So nothing is more natural, but it was one of the more surreal and funnier stories of my life that, you know, and he's totally Denzel in this movie. He's acting next to 10 year olds and he's doing the pouty lips and he's got the finger out at one point. And he's like, like he's 110% turning on the Denzel. I'm like, your dad is turning on Denzel in the middle of your fucking movie. As Denzel. <laughs> how much, how fucking awesome is your life, kid? Do you have any idea? <laughs> like, how amazing your fucking life is. This is great, kid. I want to like hug him and kiss him. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we got his project edited and sent him out the door. But I just, that's still my favorite Denzel story. That there was still- I mean, first of all, you have a Denzel story. Legit. Mm-hmm. I so moving on. You have a Denzel story. Hopefully, it won't hopefully it won't detract too much from the rest of the episode. But I just I actually of... hate Denzel in the wor- in the best way because two things happen to me when he's in the movie. One, I'm automatically gonna like it. He's made so many shitty movies better just from being in it, and half the time you can tell he's not even trying. And yeah. then the other part is if he dies, if he dies, I'm going to cry. It, it's mm-hmm. automatic. It's just going to happen. I guess. Doesn't even matter if he's a bad guy. I'm like, oh, he sucks. Oh, this is awful. Oh, oh it's so sad. Oh. All right, Rashawn. Well, well, on that note, since we're already, since you've already kind of brought up what's what's making you cry, you tell me what's uh, what's next on your list today. Well, I will have to go with. Uh, since we're on the what the fucks, I will have to go with. Even though I saw it coming. Frankly, I think everyone saw it coming. It was Sam L. in Deep Blue Sea. Oh, um, you got one of mine, son of a bitch. Well, whatever, man. Greg just took my glory, so I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. This don't even matter with the same gentleman. Nah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah, you stole my glory. Yes, yes. No, no. pun intended on the phrase. I'm a pun um, fuck out of that. <laughs> but, like, I, I think... The problem I had with it, on, on top of just how much of a what the fuck it was, was just say it was so obvious it was happening to the point where like they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna, like they're zooming in slowly on them. There's nothing behind them but just open water. They're escaping a shark that can basically figure out hallways and figure out how to like use elevators and shit like that. I mean, this shark has done everything but not finish the foie gras that LL was cooking in that galley. I mean, the shark has really figured out everything. And Sam's going to stand at the edge of the pool, going on this giant uh, heroic soliloquy about how they're going to make it out. And like, as soon as he said he'd make it out, it's like, yeah, all right, he's dead. He's he's dying right now. And then as yeah. the shark comes up, it's still like, God damn it, you guys are really going to do this, aren't you? And, and, and it was just, I don't know, it was one of those moments where it was just so perfectly obvious that was so obvious to the point where you almost decided it wouldn't happen, but then it did happen, and still, it's just like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I mean, 
I know I brought this up before in another podcast. I have to put that in the group of Fox and Warriors in, in the sense of you're just watching all of a sudden character gone off the screen, off the show, off the movie, off all all storyline whatsoever. Um, also, Steven Seagal, um, who I looked up his name in the movie is actually uh, Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travis, such a Steven Seagal name, an executive decision. He dies like 20 minutes into the movie. I don't think anyone's going to see that movie for Steven Seagal, but he didn't think he was going to die within 20 minutes. And the fucker dies, like literally as the mission starts. And I'm going to gavel this meeting close for this week. Come back next week and join us as we delve into our favorite deaths in movies and pop culture. While I have you here, if you can take a moment, head on over to iTunes, rate and review us. Make sure to leave five stars in whatever description you like. Also, you can follow us on the socials, on Instagram at Do You Even Steam Bro, and on Facebook at The Steam Gentleman. Please make sure to tell everybody about us. Help us push the nefarious agenda of the Steam Gentleman to make sure that pop culture takes its proper place in the world. Until next week, I want you to keep that water hot and keep your head of steam on.